0: Thanks for joining us for this message from the Real Life Student Ministries of James River Assembly. For more information, visit us at reallifeonline.com or facebook.com slash real life. Love. Nothing at all, and Paul makes that very clear, and as we're finishing up this series of Love Revolution, I think it's important for us to realize how much God really does truly love you and I. See, a couple of weeks ago, we, to, we talked about love and where love comes from and what, what love looks like and what the definition of love really is. And we talked about how love is not what you can get, but what you can give. And how God is like that in his relationship with us, that it's all about him just lavishing his love, just give these different things. It's not what the world today tries to tell us what love is, but it's something completely and totally different. And we looked at that as our understanding and basis through the scripture and through this whole series of what love really is. And then last week, Pastor Nathan did a great job of talking to you guys about love and dating, and that was a fun one, right? Yeah? No? Uh, Anybody? You guys? Yeah? Yeah. You guys are, you guys were so busy getting your mom a last minute Mother's Day gift that you totally forgot that he talked about dating last week and how it was important for us to realize that, yeah, dating is great. Dating is awesome. Dating is just probably not for you right now. It's kind of like driving a car. Driving a car is awesome. Driving a car is a blast. Driving a car is fun. It's also very dangerous. And so that's why we like, you know, encourage people, hey, you should probably wait till you get your license. To drive a car. You're like, oh, you don't just encourage them. It's against the law. Exactly. Like there are laws in place for safety precautions saying, hey, until you're this age, until you're this mature, until you've gone and done these tests and you've studied and you've practiced and practiced and practiced, you shouldn't get behind a vehicle because it is a death machine if you don't. And the same is true with dating. Dating is very much the same thing, that you need to wait and be more mature, and you need to just like experience a lot of things in life before you even attempt to just hop on along in this death trap called dating. Okay, it's not a death trap, all right? You guys are like, man, this is a tough crowd this morning, but it's okay, we're gonna get through it because God loves you and so do I, and I like some of you too. So here's what we're gonna do. We're looking at love today as lining up from these past couple of weeks and so we're talking about God's love for us and today uh you know like if you were here with us last week and maybe you're in teams and there was a lot of discussion over you know why why is dating wrong why why shouldn't i date at this age what's wrong with this what's wrong with that i have all these desires to like you know be in a relationship with people so what do we do with that what do we do with the desire of love and being loved and wanting to be loved and loving other people what do we do with all that if you're taking notes and i hope that you are please 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 write this down grab a piece of paper grab a pencil grab a crayon grab a highlighter grab a sharpie Grab your friend's pencil, do whatever you need to do, but write this down. We want relationship because we are wired for relationship. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be in a relationship. We want relationships because we are wired for relationships. We are designed for relationships. We were created for relationship. When God created you, he intended for you to not be alone. We are wired for relationship. We want relationship because we're wired for relationship. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to be with people and not wanting to be with alone, not being alone. Being alone is actually probably one of the lamest, most just like awful things ever. And it's so much better to experience life with other people. Correct? All right. So for example, I wasn't here last week because we missed our flight coming back from Walt Disney World. Me and my family went to Walt Disney World. As fun as Disney World is, as cool as Disney World is, as as crazy of all the different things that they have going on at Disney World, it's not nearly as fun being there by yourself as opposed to being with your family. I know because I spent a couple hours in Disney World by myself while we were there on the trip. Our daughter, Adrienne, got to go on a little a little princess tea time thing with her and my wife, and uh, they went and got to spend time with Sleeping Beauty, and uh, and she was awake, so that was a good thing. There we go. Hey, there's a little bit of laughter today. All right, we're getting there. We're warming up, folks. Warming up. Thanks for that. Yeah. All right. Smart Alex. All right. So here's the deal. So Adrian and my wife got to go and have a little princess tea with Princess Aurora. And we didn't know that this Princess T was going to be like a two-hour experience, all right? So while they went and did that, I was left by myself in Magic Kingdom. Now, if you don't know anything about Magic Kingdom, Magic Kingdom is really cool because it's magical and it's fun. And it's great for kids about this tall, all right? But when you're an adult and you're by yourself, there's like one thing to do, and that's ride Space Mountain. Because that's like the only roller coaster in the entire park, like a legitimate roller coaster. And so I, being the savvy one, knowing how to work the fast pass machine, rode Space Mountain six times that day. All right, so like, it was awesome. It was fun. But like, after ride four, I was like, man, I am that loser that the guys on, that are like taking the tickets are like, this guy again? You know, and I'm like, hey, it's just it's just me. They're like, single ride or single ride? I'm like, yeah, that's me. And they're like, oh. Loser. All right. You know, I'm like, uh, and everybody's in these groups. Like, oh no. It's like, there's a group of three of us. There's a group of five of us. There's all six of us. We need the whole thing. And I'm like, just one, just, just, just one. You know, and I did that like, and four times through, I was like, man, this is, this is like not only getting old, but getting embarrassing at the same time. But then I was like, man, I still have time. And why only write it four times when you can write it half a dozen, and so I did. I wrote it six times in one day, and that was really fun. um but the more fun than that was like getting to spend time with my family and getting to like experiencing it the- entire vacation not by myself but with my family. So I have a picture of me and Adrian and Mickey, yeah, see, so that was fun. that was cool, so like it'd be really lame if it was just me and Mickey. He'd be like creeper and I'm like. <laughs> But it's totally cool because I'm with other people, right? I'm with my family. And so, like, it's cool to be with others, not just by yourself, because then you're just like, lame, right? So, like, I have my, like, Mickey Mouse keychain here that I have in my office now to, rem- to remind me of the fun times that I had with my family. Um, because, like, being together with others is fun, But it's also natural. It's like, it's part of who we are. It's how we were designed. Like, think about it, okay? Think about, it's natural to want to be with us. It's natural to want to sit with your friends here in church. It's natural, like, when you go to school, to like, as you're walking in the lunchroom, you're like, not looking for the one seat where you can just sit by yourself. You're typically looking to find where your friends are and you're like, and then you go and you sit down with them. At least I did. I don't know. Maybe you just like sitting in the corner by yourself, staring at the wall and you're like, my peanut butter and jelly sandwich is delicious. And that's it. I don't know. But I think a lot of us are like looking for our friends, wanting to hang out with them. A lot of us I have to understand that it's natural to want to have friends come over and watch the game or have your friends come over and have a sleepover and, you know, like listen to music and jump on your bed and take selfie pictures and post them on Instagram and all that stuff. It's natural. You want to do those things. It's natural to to want to be with people. It's natural to not want to be the last kid picked in recess, all right? Like who anybody else ever experienced that? I always did playing basketball because I was always the shortest, so they were like... Anybody else? Anybody else? Is the teacher playing? No? I guess I'll take Davis. And I'm like, oh, man. You know, like, I know what that's like. It's not fun, like, being the loner. And and we, we can understand that. It, it's natural to want to be with other people. It's not fun being alone. It's natural to even desire to have relationships with the opposite gender. There's nothing wrong with you if you're like, man, I really like her. Or, oh, I really like him. It makes my heart just... Like, that's natural. There's nothing wrong with you. You are wired that way. It's natural, okay? And we have to understand that, like, we were wired and built to want to be with other people. It's natural to miss people when they say goodbye. It's natural that at the end of the summer, you actually want to go back to school. What? Not for the education's sake, but just to go see your friends, all right? Like, that's natural, okay? It's natural that at the end of the school year, they should be like... (laughs) I'm gonna miss you. Will you sign my yearbook? And then you sign something stupid and you're like, oh, thanks. Like that's natural. It's okay because you're wired that way. It's natural to like when people leave, when people say goodbye, when, when people pass away, all these different things for you to miss people. Why? Because God created you for relationships. He wired you to want relationships with other people. Ultimately, because God designed you the way that he is. He designed you a lot like God himself actually is. The truth is, God never intended any of us to be alone. And we find this through scripture. Alone's, alone is never a good thing, and God quickly addressed and fixed the idea of alone. And we find that in Genesis chapter 1, the very first chapter of the entire book of the Bible. All right, so here's what we're going to look at. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, I believe, is what we're going to look at. But God makes it very clear that being alone is not a good thing. And he wires us to want to be in relationship with other people. If God truly understands like the desire to be with people and, and desires of love and, and expressing that, and he, he ingrains that in us, then it makes sense that we naturally just want to live that out and flesh that out on a daily basis. And you find here at the very beginning that God has created the heavens, he's created the earth, he's created the, the ground and the dirt and the mountains and the sea and the fish and the birds and the trees and all this great stuff. And then he creates Adam. And Adam is like just chilling, he's naming all the different animals, he's like giraffe, zebra, rhinoceros, and you know, he's like naming all these different things, and God's like, it's still not quite right. Because even though there is all creation, everything that we know of existence, Adam was still alone. Which is bizarre to me, because there were all the animals already created, so he obviously wasn't by himself, it wasn't just like him and that's it. But there were animals everywhere, and yet God was like, no, he's still alone. And so what does he do? He creates woman, and he's like, all right, it's good that, like, man should not be alone. So he creates, he knocks Adam out because he's being an idiot. He knocks him out, right? And he's just like, hey, you don't, you need some help here, all right? You're struggling. And so takes him out, takes a rib out, makes a woman, and he's like, boom, there you go. There, now, now we're talking. Now we're cooking with gas, all right? So you got Adam and Eve, they're hanging out, and he's like, this is a good thing. And we find that through this, that God creates them, not just like man and woman, you can eat, you can breathe, you can sleep, you can like name animals, you can survive, you can hunt, you can kill, you can do all these different things. But he created them beyond just their ability to exist, but he created them with something very unique and something very different than all other creation. He created them in God's image. He created them separate than anything else in the story of creation, because he made them with purpose and with a design. He made them like himself. You find that in verse 27 of chapter one, Genesis 1, 27, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. God created man and woman, and he made them in his image. He made Adam and Eve like himself. And you're like, what are you talking about? All right, so you, you, you can tell like family members just by what each other looks like. You can be like, oh, dude, that's gotta be so-and-so's brother. Like this morning, I was over in the fifth grade hanging out with them, and my man Galen, who was just up here earlier, just like goofing off, and he's dancing, and he's being a knucklehead up here on the microphone, his little brother is like the mini-me of Galen, all right? Like you could tell, you just put them side by side, you're like, you guys have to be brothers, Right, like, with, um, here a while back, we were at a doctor's office, and, uh, the doctors, like, uh, right away knew that Adrian was Becky's daughter because they, they look similar, right? So, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I'm not just twins, where it's, like, obvious that they're brother and sister, or sister and sister, or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, family relatives look like each other, right? Are you guys tracking with me? Are you guys awake this morning? Huh? Yeah? Okay. All right. So... You have have siblings, relatives that look like each other. They reflect each other's similarities and characteristics even, even beyond their looks. But some of them even act the same, sound the same, talk the same. It's just crazy how that works because of the relation that they have, of the genetics that are going inside of them. The same with us and God. We reflect and resemble God. What? We are made in his image. We look a lot like God does, maybe not necessarily with the freckles and with the pimples and with the goofy hairstyles and with like, you know, braces and stuff. God's not up there with a retainer right now. And he's like, man, I just can't wait to get this thing out. No, he's not like that. But we're reflected of him in the way that we're created and who we are and in natural tendencies and desires. And one of the huge things that we are much like God in is the simple fact that we are wired for relationship. God is a relational God, and if we are made in his image, we are also relational people. We desire relationships. That's why we don't want to just hang out by ourselves the entire summer, but we wanna go swimming with our friends. That's why we want to go to camp and hang out with our friends. That's why some of you guys are like, I just don't know if I wanna go to camp or not because so-and-so is not going. And that's crazy to me. And so my challenge to you is this summer, be that person that everybody else wants to go to camp with. You're like, hey, man, I'm going to camp. You coming to camp? You got to come to camp because I'm coming to camp. So let me, just, let me just start off by saying, I myself, I'm going to camp. Yeah, I'm going to camp. And you should come too. You should be there because I'm coming. And not only me, but even cooler than me is Becky and Adrian. Both of them are coming to camp. And so just for that simple fact, just for that, hey, hey, okay, okay, calm down, all right? You don't have to be that excited, all right? She is cool, and she's cooler than me, but not that much cooler, all right? So you guys should just come to camp just simply because Becky and Adrian are gonna be there and because Adrian has basically met almost every single Disney princess, and she has pictures to show to prove it, all right? So with that said, we desire relationships. We desire, we are wired for relationship because God has made us like himself. And if God is a relational God, then we have to truly understand That deep down more than anything else, God desires relationship, not with anybody or anything else, but you and me. God wants to have a relationship with you and me. That is a love revolution right there in and of itself. If you start thinking how big and how awesome and how massive God really is, that he just spoke the words and all of a sudden everything that we see and know started to exist. Like that's crazy to me that that big and magnificent and powerful of God just spoke and yet he wants to have relationship with you and with me. He's a powerful God. He's an awesome God, but he is a personal God. And he has designed us and wired us for relationships because he himself desires and wants relationships with you and with me. God cares so much about you. He knows you by name. he It's not like, hey, you down there. Like, how many of you guys are bad with keeping track of people's names? You just call everybody bro or buddy or dude or man or guy or hey, you, or what's their face? You know, like, some, <laughs> hey, what's your face? Yeah, you over there. Like, God's not like that with us. Isn't that cool? Like, God's not like, hey, Broseph, um, could you do me a favor and knock that off? No, he's not like that. He knows us by name. It's crazy. He's like, Chris, Christopher, Christopher Michael Davis. He knows, like, my, my actual legal name. And he knows me. And he knows my name. He not only just knows my name, he not only knows your name, he's so crazy about you. He knows everything that you do, everything that you think, everything that you desire, everything that you dream of, everything that you, uh, this is crazy, here we go. Psalm 139 verses one through four in the New Living Translation, it says this, oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. God knows everything about you. You know, when I sit up or when I sit down and when I stand up, Sit up, like he knows when I do sit-ups and he does push-ups and pull-ups. Yeah, he knows that too, but he knows when I sit down or stand up. Rough crowd today. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. He knows that much about you. Not because he's just like some crazy stalker, it's not like that. i like, God, you're kind of a creeper, dude. Keep your distance, all right? And you're like trolling me on Facebook and whatnot, and that's a little weird. No, it's nothing like that. He's that crazy about you. He loves you that much that he knows every single thing there is to know about you because he desires that much of you. And we, because of that, are made in his image. We start to desire the same things with him and with other people. And it's crazy how this whole thing just works out. Because we're made in the image of God, because we are made like God, because we reflect God, and because God is relational and wants to spend time with us, we begin to live that out in our relationships with other people and hopefully in our relationship with God. God is so crazy about you. He knows you by name. The creator of the heavens and earth knows your name. On top of that, he knows what you think. He knows what you desire. He knows what you're gonna say before you even say it. He even makes it clear here in in like Matthew 10, 30, this is how crazy God is about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. Like, that's nuts right there. And you're like, all right, two down. All right, so you still keeping track? Yes, he loves you that much. He's that crazy about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. That is nuts. That is crazy, especially some of you girls who just have a whole lot of hair. Like, that's a lot of numbers to keep track with. But God's good, and he's a big enough God that he can do that. He's that crazy about you. And so I want you to understand that today, man, yeah, we're talking about love. We've talked about what love looks like and the how that flushes out in a dating relationship with each other. But I want us to understand more than anything else that, Beyond all that, we were wired and designed for relationships because God ultimately has created us like himself. God desires relationship with you and with me. That's why we were created. That's why we're here on this earth. If you've ever wondered, you know, why am I really in existence? Why do I I live? Why am I still breathing? It's because God loves you so much, he made you, and he wants to have a relationship with you. That's your purpose. That's your reason. That's why... The greatest commandment of all is to love God because he first loved you. And the second is the same, to love other people. Why? Because we are designed and wired for relationships. We were made in God's image. God is relational God and he desires to have relationship with us. Because of that, we begin to have and desire relationship with other people and with him. God's crazy about you. God can't stop thinking about you. Like I saw one time, it's kind of cheesy, I know, but it kind of just paints the picture. I saw one time those church billboards. You guys ever see like those church signs and they always say funny stuff? Like, you know, like anybody? Like our our board, our church sign is like electronic and it's really cool and it'll blind you at night and that's awesome. But there's some where they're like, they're totally different and they just put up like one letter at a time. And uh, you know, it's it, some of them are really funny. It was like, do you believe in hell? Question mark. And then underneath it was like, Choir practice, 6 o'clock tonight, you know, and you're like, wait, how's that, you know, and so, <laughs> all right, some of you guys still sleep, all right, but you know, like, some signs are, they, they're really good, you know, and they, they they paint a good message, and there was one that I remember, I was, uh, I was just down and out, and just, you know, kind of just going through this lonely stage uh, as a teenager, and I was driving to church by myself, and I was headed there early, and I was just kind of, just in a funk, just in a spiritual funk, to say the least, and I see this church sign, and I don't know if it was like a divine thing or what, but I just read it. And typically, like the stuff that they put on there would just be kind of cheesy and lame. But this one, I was just like, oh, that's good. And it just kind of boosted me a little bit. And it said, if God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. If God had a wallet, my picture would be in it. Now, nobody keeps pictures in their wallets anymore because everyone has a cell phone, right? And everybody just like, hey, you want to see some pictures? And they're just like, keep doing this for a while. And are like, hey, did you see my Instagram? I've got 17 pictures just of like the past two minutes, you know? And like, and everybody just does everything digital. But back in the day, people used to keep pictures in their wallet of like their family members and the people that they cared most about. And I'm here to tell you today that if God had a wallet, it would be huge. All right, like imagine the size of God's wallet right now. Like, it'd be a fat wallet, right? (laughs) It'd be big pockets to have to hold that wallet too, all right? And so like, but in it would be like a picture of you because he cares that much about you. He loves you that much. You're that important to him. And I want you to know today that if you don't catch anything else, understand this. God loves you. Why? Because that's who he is, that's what he does, And because we're made in His image, because we are wired the way that He is wired, we ultimately desire and long for relationships as well. We don't want to be alone. We don't like the feeling of being alone. We want relationships with other people. Sometimes it's like a dating relationship. Other times it's just, I have a BFFFFFF. And that's all natural simply because we are wired the way that God is. We are wired for relationship. We are made in His image. And you have to know that beyond anything else, it's simply just truly because God loves you. Just as we read at the very beginning, I want to read it to you again, but this time in a different version. In the New Living Translation, it says this, Romans eight thirty eight and 39. I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of god that is revealed in Christ Jesus our lord we're going to have the worship team come up at this time and as they get into place i just want to challenge you with this thought as i was thinking through this message and preparing it and i and i love this section of scripture and i reference it often i read it often you guys have heard me speak on it uh, here recently but here's the deal I want you to grasp this thought. God loves you so much that there is absolutely nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing you can do to earn any more of God. There's absolutely nothing you can do to please God and get more of God's love. There's absolutely nothing you can do today to gain any more of God's love, no matter what. You're like, but I thought that's like, why i come to church and that's why i'm supposed to read my bible and that's why i'm supposed to pray no that's not why you do that you do it in response to god's love you do it in response in response to how great god's love is for each and every one of us but no matter what you do in this life you can't earn any more of god's love because god already loves you to the fullest There's nothing left. There's no reserve. There's not anywhere he's just like holding back. And if you do this, 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 and this, and then he's really gonna love you. Then he's really gonna show you his love. Then he's really gonna wrap his arms around you. Then he's really gonna provide for you. And then he's really gonna protect you. He's really gonna bless you once you do this, this, and this. No, that's not how God works. God loves you to the fullest right here, right now, period. There's absolutely nothing you can do to get any more of God's love. The same is also true that there's absolutely nothing you can do today to lose any of God's love. you're like, what? Revolutionary, I know. There's absolutely nothing you can do today to lose God's love. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, God still loves you to the fullest. He doesn't hold any of it back no matter what you say to him, no matter how you treat him, no matter what you think about him, no matter how many times you've backed down from standing up for him. He still loves you with all that he has. It's crazy, I know, but it's true because absolutely nothing can keep you from God's love. I just read it to you in two different versions. There's nothing that separates you from God's love. So no matter what you do today, no matter what you say today, you can't gain anymore and you can't lose anymore because God is full on in his love for you. That is a love revolution right there. And when you begin to grasp that and understand that, there's a whole new freedom in your relationship with God. There's a whole new desire deep down inside to say, you know what? I wanna live for him. I wanna live for someone who loves me like that, loves me unconditionally, that loves me with all that he has to the very most, his very best, and he never stops doing that. No matter what I say, no matter what I do. He loves me that much. And in return, that's when he starts saying, you know what? God, I I just want to love you back and I want to spend time in your word to learn more about you. I want to spend time talking to you to get to know you more. I want to spend time just worshiping you and honoring you because you deserve that. That's our response to God's love. But beyond our response, I want you to understand today that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, you can't earn more of God's love and you can't lose any of God's love. God loves you, period. There's no God loves you if or God loves you when, or God loves you fill in the blank. It's just God loves you, period. And his love is full. It's for you and it's for me today. Now the question is, how do you respond to that? Because when we desire relationships with other people, when we desire to have like a connection with with someone, when we desire to hang out with people, we do something about it. We're not just like, and then you just wish that it happens. Instead, you do something, you get active. You're like, hey, you wanna go hang out? You wanna go swim? You wanna go play some ball? You wanna go watch a movie? You do something because you desire that relationship. It drives you to the point of action. The same has to be true with God. If God loves us that much and we desire to to respond in a way that just says, you know what, God, I love you too, then it has to drive us to action it goes beyond just being like yeah I love God because I'm in church today my parents drug me here but it goes way beyond that to the point where it's like God I just want all of you I just want to spend time with you I just want to worship you I just want to honor you I just want to spend time in your presence I can't understand and grasp and fully just get a hold of this idea of how much you really love me but I'm going to start trying just by worshiping you just going to start trying just by spending time in your Word, just by talking to you a little bit more each day i'm going to get off the internet for just a little bit stop looking at facebook so much stop living on instagram stop trying to find my identity and how many likes i can get off a picture instead i am going to just spend time with you because you love me so much so our response to this truth today our response to this message that God loves us period that God loves you to the full no matter what you say no matter what you do you can't earn anymore you can't lose any our response is that we should just thank him and just say I love you too too many times we hear of God's love and we're like yeah that's nice appropriately and just simply say, God, I love you too. I love you back. So that's what we're going to do. The worship team is going to lead us and we're just going to show and express our love to God today. So if you guys would all over this place, if you'd stand to your feet. Our worship team is about to lead us into a response of just how great God really loves us. But before they do, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes and prepare our hearts and once again just remind ourselves of how great God's love is for us God as we stand here in your presence and as we're about to go into a time of worship of just expressing our love back to you Lord we can't help but just stand in awe and amazement of how great your love is for us that if your word is true and your word is real and it is what we really believe and we live for we base our life on then God we can't help but just be amazed at the simple truth that you love us to the point that we can't earn any more and we can't lose any less because you love us with all that you have today and not just today not just this very moment but for all of eternity God you love us with all that you are and so today God I pray that you would open our hearts open our minds to that realization that we begin to see and feel and sense and know your love in a greater way and in response to that god we just want to worship you we just want to honor you we want to love you back and we pray that you would be pleased that you would be glorified that you would be honored